The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplace, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. How many of you, either before you come to Mass or when you first come into the church, take a moment to review the readings for the day? A few. A few. I recommend that because there's always something that pops up that we need to maybe look at a couple times. Or if you do it at home, you might want to look up the meaning of a particular word. So in today's gospel, we are confronted with the word phylacteries. Phylacteries. Anyone here Jewish? Well, in Judaism, if you come from a family of Jews, you're always Jewish. I have a friend, she's Catholic, but she's also Jewish. Um, I ask that because... Uh, Someone might correct me on my definition of phylacteries, but what's a phylactery? Actually, phylacteries is plural. There are two of them, and they are worn by Orthodox Jewish men when they pray. They are little boxes, leather boxes, with a long leather strap, which have a Bible verse or two that are put into the box. The leather box. Uh, one is worn around the uh, forehead and then it's wrapped around here. Another one is put on either this uh, arm or this arm, depending on whether you're right handed or left handed, and it's over an artery and it's wrapped around the arm. And again, it also has some. Uh, some uh, do, I think from Deuteronomy, some passages from Deuteronomy. So it's part of prayer for Orthodox Jewish men. They do it in the morning, and it, it's gone on for centuries. And it's a way of interpreting Deuteronomy, I believe it's Deuteronomy, where the scripture says, bind to your, your forehead, your, your mind, 
and your heart, and so it's over an important artery that goes to the heart, bind these passages to your mind and your heart. So it's a practice, tradition. It's not essential. Most Jews don't use that. But it's one thing that was developed in Jesus' time or even before that is still done today. And if you look online, you, you can see pictures of men with that. Also, uh, they will wear a prayer shawl with tassels, and they'll wear it underneath their shirts. So you see tassels coming down uh, from under the shirt. Those are things that they do to remind them of who they are, that they are the people of God, and this is what they need to remember at all times. Now, Jesus points it out not as a, a good thing per se, but as something that the Pharisees are using to kind of shine the light on them. Because what did he say? You enlarge in your phylacteries. Now, they're really supposed to be little uh, cubicle boxes. But Jesus is saying, no, you make them real big so you're noticeable. So people are going to say, wow, look at the size of that phylactery. <laughs> and that's not the purpose of them. That's not the purpose of them. It's to help you in prayer, not to show off. Or he says, yeah, you, you have really long tassels. That's not the, the point. But if you had long tassels, people are going to point you out. So Jesus is saying, you know, you look great on the outside. You know, your tassels and your phylacteries, people see it. Uh, wonderful. But you're not really following the faith. You're not practicing what you preach. It's about humility. And Jesus goes further. Um, if you remember the last two Sundays, the Pharisees come up to him and try to trip him up. But they can't do that. So this Sunday, he's talking to the people and saying, you know, on the outside, the Pharisees look like they're doing a great job, but they're not really living the faith. And what they're doing, which is wrong, is that they're demanding of the people, the common people, that you should do it the way we do it. Or you should be like we are. And they're putting burdens on them that don't belong there. They're not necessary for being faithful. And of course, if we look at Jesus, you know, he wasn't into all that show. He certainly did what most Jewish men would have done. But for him, it's living the gospel. That's the key. And that's always the key. That's the key for us. It's not showiness, but it is showing the, the people of God, everybody, how important God is to us. And throughout the centuries, the Lord's saying, you know, you folks, you know what the truth is, but you're not following it. So in that first reading from Malachi, Malachi is telling the priests, he's saying, you priests aren't doing your job. You are not teaching the people. You are not showing them the way. So he's really going after the priests. The priests are supposed to be living the truth and helping the people live the truth, but they're not. So God goes after them. says, if you don't change, watch, watch out. So even back then, thousands of years ago, we have the truth, but people aren't following it. I don't know why these priests are not doing it. Maybe because they got lazy. They don't really believe they kind of like the comfort of being a priest. Whatever it might be, they're not doing their duty. And we can ask ourselves, too, are we doing our duty as disciples of the Lord? And that's what Jesus is talking about when it comes to the Pharisees in the gospel. Again, 
You're not giving people a good example of what it means to be a faithful follower of God. Yes, you're, you're kind of doing things, but you're doing them to show off. So people can say, oh, doesn't he look holy? No, that's not the point. Now, it's good if people see what we do and we say, and they say, wow, I really like what they're saying. It's important to me. But we don't do it simply to get people to pat us on the back. So Jesus is going to the heart of our faith. And it's still the problem today. Now, as I mentioned last week, and it happens again this week, in the letter to the Thessalonians, Paul is saying to the Thessalonians, who were, who were pagans, pagan Greeks, he's saying, you're doing a great job. You're really living the gospel. He's patting them on the back because they're not just talking about the faith, but they're living in it. And I dare say, the, the other towns around there uh, are probably saying, you know about those Thessalonian Christians? Boy, they're really living the faith. Now, that's the kind of comments we should get. We want people to see what we do and wonder about it and want to know more about it. So Paul is rightly saying to them, you're really living the gospel. Good for you. And you're living not what was given to you by human beings, but by God. And again, we too have been given through the church, from God, the teachings that we need to be faithful. We have the Bible. We have the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We have all sorts of spiritual books and wisdom from the centuries, from saints who live the faith. And if we want to know how to live the faith, we've got it all. We, We know all the information. But information alone is meaningless if there isn't transformation as a result of getting this information. You know, and and that's where the the Pharisees kind of stopped. They had all this information. They painted a good picture that looked good, but in fact they weren't good. They weren't really living the gospel. What we want is not only to be informed, but transformed, and maybe even reformed again and again. So transformation is what we're all about. And that's something that we have to work on every single day. We really got to work at it. It's not something I can just sit back and say, okay, God, you do all the work. Well, God gives us all we need to be transformed. But we got to say, okay, thank you. And then with one another, challenge one another and work at becoming really good disciples so that hopefully... People, when they think, you know, I want to join a Catholic church, what do you say? Well, you know those people at St. Mary Ann Cope. They really have something there that's really wonderful. That's, what we, that's the good news we want to get out. And that, that good news is based on the fact that we are undergoing transformation. We're being humble, as Jesus was, but we're also living the gospel, and we're not afraid to talk about it. We're not afraid to step out in faith and go where it's dangerous, but we do it because we love people and we want them to know Jesus Christ. So we're willing to feed people, to house people, house strangers, because that's what Christians do. And that's certainly what the Thessalonians were doing. They were really living it. They weren't saying, oh, this is mine, I'll come to church on Sunday, but that's it. No. 
24-7, they were living the gospel. And I'm sure you remember this quote that I've given from Billy Sunday, just because you go to church on Sunday doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in your garage makes you an automobile. <laughs> okay, he was he right on, spot on. You know, Pharisees would come on Sundays or the Sabbath day, but, you know, the rest of the week they weren't really living the faith. So we want to be known as people that 24-7 talk about our faith, act on our faith, and what should be happening uh, as a community. We need to work with one another. We, you know, it would be wonderful if every week we came and said, okay, how did you change this week? What did you do that was different from what you normally do? How did you allow transformation to happen? What did you try that normally you would say, me, try that? No, but you tried it because it's a good thing, because it reaches out to people. That, that's how we challenge one another to grow. And there's been some articles recently, you know, going, uh, uh, talking about why people are not going to church or going back to church. And the writer said, and I think he's very much on the, uh, the, the point, he says, because the churches don't challenge people. They don't challenge people. It's too easy. So if it's too easy, why go? Why go to church if what you're doing already is okay? But we should be challenged when we come to church. And we should be aware of how we are failing, how we are succeeding, how other people are flourishing, adopting what other people do to really show our faith, and really really get a, a holy competition so that we're, we're not just doing the same thing the same way every week. And you find that in Catholic churches every, everywhere, right? I hear the same things. Well, we, never do, we, we don't do it that way. Well, why don't we do it that way? Can't we change? Or, you know, people in ministries who have been there 30 years and say, well, this is how we do it. Well, we don't have to keep doing it that way. You know, so that, that openness to change and, and allow everyone to use their talents, their charisms on behalf of the parish and of our ministry to the world. So that's what Jesus is getting at when he teaches us. We've got to really live the teachings. You know, teachings are lovely and they, we can keep them up here and do nothing with them. But the point of the teachings of the church, both our theology, our pastoral theology, they're given to us so that we can grow in our faith. So that, you know, it'd be wonderful if we got a little, I got a letter and it said, uh, Dear Father Mike, I want you to know how impressed I am by the people of St. Mary and Cope because of their outreach ministries, their willingness to talk about their faith, their kindness, generosity, and their humility. Signed, St. Paul. <laughs> Who knows? We might get a letter like that. But wouldn't that be wonderful? And again, the point is not to be praised or to be thanked. No, no. But it's to show people that we really believe. Because you, you look at the news, right? I, I, every week somebody says, I don't watch the news anymore because it's all negative. It is. It is. And yet, what are we doing to bring peace to the world, to be peacemakers, to go where there is violence, and to walk with people 
in their lives of poverty and violence and, and ignorance of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do and to be. So maybe we could be um, Thessalonians Jr., Wouldn't that be wonderful? Thessalonians Jr., people who have heard the gospel message and are living it and are working at it and are not saying we're good enough, but rather let's do more. Let's come up with other creative ideas. And and you know as well as I do that when you're with a, a healthy group of people and you've got to come up with some ideas, one idea sparks another. And then it says, hey, maybe we could do this too. That's the energy that God gives us and the insight God gives us so that we can truly be on fire with the faith and live it. And that's what we're called to do. So a couple recommendations. Number one, you know, read the scriptures before you come to church or when you come in. They're in the book. They're in the, in the hymnal. Just glance at them. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, studying them, but you can do that at home. But read them. So when you come up with a word like phylacteries, you know, instead of just reading, of course, how would people pronounce it, you know? Uh, well, whatever. Or maybe mispronounce it, and then we have to be embarrassed by it. But to know what it is, look it up. And then, so we kind of know the gist of what the readings are all about. What God is saying he likes, and what he doesn't like. And how we might criticize ourselves, take the information God gives us, and move to transformation. If you don't have a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, that's the the book with all the teachings of the church. It's pretty clear. You don't have to be a theologian to understand it. If you have questions, you can see me, you can see Sister Sheila. But there it is. If you want to know what the church teaches, that's where you find it. And again, the teachings are there, the practices of the church are there, not to give us hoops to jump through, but rather to help us on our journey. So I'm not going by what I think or what I feel like, but rather what I know to be the truth. And so that together we know what we're doing, we're working on it, and we're coming together more and more. And then over time we need to develop that sense of competition, holy competition, and challenge to one another. And here's stories. I heard one from uh, one of our teens a couple weeks ago about he brought food to a homeless man who was out in front of a store. I said, write that up, write that up. I want to post that. So we can do that, you know, very easily. And, you know, to stop what we're doing in order to reach out to other people. Very, very simple and something we can do. And then tell other people what you did. You know, I said, oh, I don't want to brag. Brag about it. Brag about it. We need more bragging about what we have done that goes beyond what we think we can do and to challenge ourselves and one another to go further. So there's a lot there. Reading the scriptures, knowing our our faith, and then stepping out in faith and challenging one another so that as Thessalonians juniors, maybe we'll get that letter from Paul. And he'll say, hey, you St. Mary and Coke people are, are pretty good. And keep it up. Keep it up. Because the world needs our witness, which is really Christ's witness to the glory of God. But the world needs our witness, and we can give that witness. We have the power. We have the authority. We have the graces. We have the blessings. We have the information. So really, we lack nothing but our desire and our will to do it. 
So, you know, take some of those things and especially the, the readings, wonderful way of preparing so that, again, we can go deeper into the faith, hear what we're supposed to be doing. And then when, when we go outside the church, we're going to live it 24-7 so that we too will be known as a church where something great's happening and where other people want to come so that they too can come to know the Lord better and grow in their faith.